What's up my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to the Carbonite chat. Today we're going to be doing a video on how to fix The Last Jedi. Now I did a video about a week ago on why The Last Jedi sucks. It was just a long rant right after I'd watched the movie and just basically me ranting for two and a half hours. So I did my rant and now I've gone back and I've watched it again and I've taken notes and I've put together what I think is a few things that if would have been done or changed ultimately would have made the movie from in my mind a terrible movie into a really good movie now my goal behind this was not just complete rewrite but to use it as close as possible to the way that it was originally done and so in that case I think that is something that ultimately the people that love the movie will still probably I hope even like this idea even better and the people that hate it like myself will end up being like possibly even more angry that this wasn't what ended up being the movie to begin with. Now I'll preface it by saying two of the statements that I will bring up. I got the ideas mentioned from another video that I saw. It's the only video that I've seen on YouTube so far. Of course I haven't looked that much that has done something like this. There's a video I'll post it in the description down below by a guy named Troy Levitt, I believe his name. And uh, it's 12 script changes to fix The Last Jedi was his idea. Uh, some of them were good, some of them were so-so, uh, but two of them I did end up incorporating. I changed a lot, I believe. It was a while ago that I sent it, uh, since I saw that video. But either way, I will post the link to his video down below if you want to watch that. And then one other one that I'll post down below, because I haven't watched it, but I have seen some of this person's videos before, and he puts out some really good content. And I want to post that. I, again, I have not watched some yet because I knew I would do this video, so I waited before. But it's a Star Wars YouTuber by the name of Thor Skywalker. I'll put that in the link down below. Now, I'm going to go from the very beginning of the movie. And at each point that I think something needs to change, I will give my opinion on the changes that need to happen. The very first thing, of course, is the very beginning of the movie that I think just begins to cause the issues right from the start. And that's when Poe lifts up and Poe calls in to Hux and he does the whole, you know, prank call kind of thing. Now, Poe's character is humorous. I didn't like the beginning of Force Awakens because his comment because it killed what was going on in the moment and I think this kills it as well. But if that's Poe's character, let's stick to it. But the difference is, is Hux's reaction to it. Um, when he goes and makes a call and then Hux begins to, he starts out with the Hux that we saw from Force Awakens as kind of this fiery, overconfident, Nazi-ish type character that just spits fire and believes that no one can compete with the First Order. And he begins that way. And then Poe does the thing, okay, I'll wait for, I'll wait. And then it slowly unravels into this Hux is this kind of like, you know, bumbling idiot kind of thing. And I don't, that's just stupid. You need to have your... Tarkin in the original trilogy, he was never portrayed in such a way. You don't have your evil characters, your bad guys, played off as bumbling idiots because why do you fear for them? You don't fear for them when you have what many people believe Ray to be a Mary Sue, and it's hard to argue at the point where these two movies come out. You've got Poe Dameron, who we see in the scene, that's just an unbelievable fighter pilot that can take on an entire dreadnought and a fleet of TIE fighters chasing after them. And then you've got bumbling idiot Hux. How am I supposed to fear what's going on? Like, there's no fear. And it's you've got to, the emotion is you have, you're attached to your main characters because you're worried for them. <clears throat> so I would make Hux, when he tries to uh, make the comment, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'll wait. Hux realizes immediately what's going on and he begins to just rant and starts to talk about how I will destroy. You think you can do anything. We've got the entire First Order fleet. You're nothing but a small little cell. The Republic couldn't help you. They didn't want to help you and we destroyed all of them with one single shot and we're about to destroy you. And he just gets into this huge rant and during that, you still have the same process going on. You don't have Poe Dameron do the stupid your mom joke at the end. But he begins to rant, and then as he's beginning to say, kill him, that's when Poe shoots off and ends up working. So you run through that whole thing. Then the next part, you have this very emotional scene where Rose's character, or Rose's sister, ends up giving her life for the Resistance. It's a very meaningful, in-depth moment where... 
it's played in slow motion. The music wells up. It's very intense. And later on, you're going to have Rose's character crying about it. You, In the movie, it's cut between when Poe comes and lands in the ship and immediately BB-8's talking about, oh, Finn's falling around, water squirting out. And Poe's like, oh, you know, if you have a chip fried or whatever. And then you have Finn just kind of waddling up and water squirting up everywhere. It's just, it's stupid. It's very Jar Jar Binks humor. It kills the depth of what just happened. You just had an emotional moment. Keep it emotional. Yeah, you have to cut tension with humor at some times, but you, there did not need to happen right there. So, I would do one of two things. One, you could just, as soon as Poe lands, cut it, but really you need to see Finn wake up. So, I think the ultimate thing is when, uh, after the explosion happens, then it cuts to uh, Finn, and Finn's eyes kind of pop up and wake up, and he just goes, Ray! And that's when you cut to Ray and what's going on with Luke Skywalker. Of course, that's where the next thing is that I think a lot of people were very frustrated with, even the people that liked the movie that it's just disrespectful to Star Wars fans as a whole. I get it. Like, you want to make some changes? The fanboys need to understand a little bit. or whatever. Okay, fine. And that's where I'm saying I want to try to keep it as true to the story as possible. So I'm going to kind of try to keep Luke somewhat like he was. But I think with the storyline that I'm feeding in here, it'll all make sense overall and not make him a coward, essentially. So, Ray goes up and he hand, she hands him the lightsaber. He gets the lightsaber. The Force Awakens ended with this moment. It's a big, you know, cliffhanger, but it's a big, serious, intense moment at the ending of Force Awakens. Now, knowing that he just tosses it over his shoulder, you destroy the entire ending of your prior movie. That's just terrible storytelling. And I don't know if Ryan Johnson hates J.J. Abrams because he had basically tried to retcon everything he did. But it's just stupid as a continuity of Star Wars. I don't care that Ryan Johnson made this movie. This is about Star Wars. There's multiple movies, so we need the best to fit the continuity. But to fit with Luke's character, he's not going to toss it over his shoulder. But he's going to look down at the lightsaber, and he's going to hold it, and he's going to say, the last time I held this lightsaber, I was a failure. The last time I held this, my father cut my hand off, and I jumped to my death, what was almost near my death. He goes... And now this is being handed to me, the lightsaber that my nephew always longed for. He goes, my nephew, the one who I failed. The lightsaber does not belong with anyone. No one needs these anymore. The Jedi Order need to end with all these lightsabers. Something along those lines. I'm not a writer, but you. And then he just drops the lightsaber and walks off. Same ultimate result but in a much more respectful way. And then it leads you to have all these questions. Okay, you know that he failed at Empire Strikes Back, but what happened with the Kylo Ren thing? How did he fail Kylo Ren? He's wanting to end the Jedi Order. He doesn't even want to hold a lightsaber. What's going on right now? And so he goes and walks off. <clears throat> then the stupid stuff where he milks the, what's it called? The Thaline Siren or something like that. The Sea Cow essentially is what it is. Space Sea Cow. Take that crap out. Essentially have him being the just... He's always disappearing off. He's off meditating or doing something. He's just the gruff, angry old man. See the movie Gran Torino and the way Clint Eastwood plays the character. That's Luke right now. He just wants nothing to do with anyone. But you don't have this stupid he like there's no reason for him to be milking a sea cow that's just that that's out <clears throat> and then also when he goes to talk to ray and ray's you know where are you from you know i'm from nowhere and he's like no one's from nowhere and it's a serious moment she's like i'm from jakku and he's oh well i guess there is someone from nowhere like it's just it doesn't it doesn't fit with what's going on there like it just it doesn't fit it's cutting tension with stupid humor so cut that crap out <clears throat> then when it comes up and they've jumped to light speed, the resistance has jumped to light speed. And then immediately afterwards, the first order lands behind them. This is where one of the big issues in the movie that I had and a lot of people had, and some people just wanted to ignore it and put all the blame on Poe. Um, but the Poe Holdo thing is a big issue. It's a big plot hole. Like it's just a huge issue. Um, but it can all be fixed with one little bitty thing. When it lands, when they land there, 
Pose says, or uh, Princess Leia, as you see her as it comes out of hyperspace. You haven't met Holdo at this point, but Holdo comes up and they start to talk about that they're clearly being tracked. How could they possibly be being tracked? There's no way. There's no devices created right now that would allow anyone to be tracking them. So they start talking together about how there must be a traitor on board. Someone on board is a traitor. This now makes it more interesting instead of creating some fake drama because a leader's being a terrible leader and won't explain to someone, you know, yeah, did Poe act out towards the end? Yes, but from the very beginning, he's just asking her what's going to happen. A good leader is not going to act the way she acted. Like, I don't care what you want to say about, you know, that character. It's She was just, she was a bad leader as a whole. Um, but if you tell her, where her and Princess Leia talk that there's a traitor and they can't trust anyone on board, and Princess Leia says, this is between me and you, no one else can know. And she goes, but I have an idea. And that's when the camera starts to pan up, pan back away. And so you don't know what it is. Of course, you'll find out later that the decision is to go to Crate, but they don't want to mention anybody that they're going to Crate, obviously, because they believe they're traitors. Now, this fits because in the Princess Leia novel that came out, so that you can actually follow the novel, even though Admiral Haldo's character is completely different from how she is in the book, but Ryan Johnson clearly doesn't care about Star Wars, so he's not trying to keep continuity. I'm trying to do that. In that book, Princess Leia and Admiral Haldo, they both go to Crate, and that's when she finds out, Leia finds out, that Bell Organa is one of the people leading the, uh, leading the rebellion. So that has a good connection there, that they can then go and head there, but you pull back so that you don't know what the plan is, but you know there's a plan, and you know that Holdo's been told to keep a secret by Leia. <clears throat> then you have the moment where Kylo refuses to fire the laser in, and they're all pulled out into space. I hate this moment. I think it's stupid, her little Mary Poppins floating back. Um, but I'm not going to put a change on it because I can't come up with something that I believe at some point in the movie gives her more, a better moment, a more special moment. And because she is ultimately never going to be in a movie again because Carrie Fisher died, I don't, if I can't put something to replace it then I don't want to take it out, but I've just, I've got to state that I hate that scene. I will say that one thing you could have done for the force to show that she's using the force is when Rose's sister was kicking the ladder, trying to get the remote to fall down so that she could hit the things to drop the bombs. It showed Leia, you could have in that motion, showed that she was using the force and a force technique called battle meditation to be able to transfer some abilities to allow her to have more strength to kick into the ladder to cause it to fall. That could then show she's using some more of the force and, hey, maybe there's more going on with her that we don't know. But I still don't think that's as big of a moment for Princess Leia as that was there. The one thing I will change about that, though, is Admiral Akbar does not die there. It just shows Ryan Johnson doesn't care. Um, Admiral Akbar is a fan favorite, and you just kill him off screen and just... A little passing mention. Oh, by the way, Admiral Akbar is dead. Then you go back to the, the next scene where they're talking about those who died. And that's where you still have everything the same with Poe and Admiral uh, Holdo. But now it makes sense why she's refusing to tell him. And yeah, I know some people are saying, oh, in the military, you know, it makes perfect sense. You know, he should never question a superior. I mean, I get it, but, you know... It just, it doesn't make sense for the way the storyline doesn't make sense. It was forced that he's, oh, you need to be disciplined and we're going to drop you so that you're no longer a commander. Like it, this, all of it was forced. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for the continuity of the comics leading up before Force Awakens. It doesn't make sense for how Force Awakens went. It just, it doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's dumb. <clears throat> then you have the Maz Kanata crap. Cut that out and go ahead. We're cutting out the Canto Bite stuff. Fully incomplete. It's absolutely pointless. Nothing happens. They don't even get the code breaker they need. So why do they need to go there if they didn't get that code breaker? It's absolute pointless. There's nothing about that that matters for the storytelling. Nothing. And you can say, oh, the kid at the end. That was just some emotional crap added in. Like it didn't have anything to do 
with the story. Was it cool that Luke gave up and he's a he's a legend now and kids are playing and that's the points. Now there's a hope across the galaxy. Get it out there. This this not that movie. This is the middle line movie. It's supposed to be darker. <clears throat> then you have the first force bond happening between Kylo Ren and Rey. Now you have this going on and you're trying to figure out what's happening. It's a very serious, important moment. Kylo and Ray are talking. Something's going on. They don't even understand what's going on. And then Kylo looks and says, who is that? What is that? And he goes, is that Luke? And then Luke goes, hey, what's going on there? Then you cut to the caretakers. And it would be bad enough if they were already just kind of making their little noises and trying to fix the wall that Ray shot through. But then it, it kind of like pans around and shows all the caretakers like cleaning it. It's like, why are you making this stupid humor in this moment? You're trying to tell us here's this new force thing going on that we haven't seen before. Here's this connection happening. We don't fully understand. All these things are going on. So when Kylo says, is that Luke? It cuts to Luke stepping out and he's like, hey, what's going on? You don't have the humor crap that's not needed with these stupid characters that they keep revisiting for humorous moments. And it's just, it's absolutely stupid. Then you have him training Ray. Again, this is a serious moment. It's Ray's first time being training. It's Luke said that there's no reason for the Jedi Order to be here anymore. He says he's only training Ray to teach her why the Jedi don't belong anymore. So why are you going to make it humorous? So he begins to talk about the Jedi not having the right to the Force and that it doesn't matter if they're there or not, the Force is still going to exist. And he brings up some points that ultimately are stupid and pointless because he talks about how, oh, when the Jedi had their power, Emperor Palpatine took over. Yeah, well, they had a thousand years of peace beforehand. One mistake in a thousand years of peace, but we're only going to talk about the one mistake. That's just absolutely absurd. And yeah, he made a mistake with what happens later with Kylo. But again, you're talking about two mistakes over a thousand years. I wouldn't say it's just time to throw everything away, so it doesn't even make sense. But this is where he's beginning to talk about that the Jedi Order doesn't work. And then, same as in the movie, Ray starts to talk about, like, no, there's hope. We need this hope. The hope is what keeps the galaxy going, <clears throat> which is going to play in as it goes on further. And then she gets her training. This is, again, just it's, it's an important moment, and it's stupid because, one, Ray's already reached out to the force she reached out to the force and the force awakens where she's holding the lightsaber kylo's right over and she goes you he goes you need a teacher and she remembers what Maz Kanata said and she focuses on the force and that allows her to defeat kylo ren she's already reached out to the force she knows what it's like she she at least knows enough not to just put her hand out and be like oh oh and then luke goes oh she's like oh i can feel it i can feel it. it's just it's so stupid it's not needed we're a serious moment we're talking about the jedi order ending if you're going to you know, you talk about, oh, the fanboys need to get over it. Okay, we've grown up with a Jedi. This is like going to watch a Marvel movie, and Ryan Johnson did a Marvel movie, and he does away with superheroes. You're going to be like, wait a minute, that's the whole point of what we're watching. But all these other idiots out there are like, oh, you're just you're just a fanboy. You can't do it. Like, no, this is, that's just, there's good and bad. The good's called Jedi, the bad's called Sith. Okay, you want to say you're not doing the Sith anymore? Fine. Don't take away the Jedi as well. Like... You can't do that. Not with Luke Skywalker, who was the Jedi. Like, it's just, it's it's stupid. And then to do it and then pepper it with disrespectful jokes. And stupid jokes that don't even make sense. And I'm not going to get into all those because I have a long rant about my feelings on The Last Jedi. So, take that out. So, it's a serious moment of everything that's going on <clears throat> with the Force and you beginning to understand a little bit more about what's going on with Luke Skywalker. Now, because the Canto Bite thing is no longer in there, you've got to give something to happen to do. And because I'm cutting out some of the stupid, wasteful drama for no reason between Poe and Emil and Holdo, Poe's going to, Finn and Rose are going to come to Poe and they're going to tell him what's happened. And Rose is going to say that she believes that it's a tracking device that they've created to be able to follow through hyperspace. And that she believes that if she can get there, that she can disarm it. And of course, Finn, having been in with the First Order, believes that he needs, that he can go there and he can be able to help her get where she needs to go. 
Poe, feeling like he has nothing that he's able to do here because he's being shut out, decides to go with them. So now you're giving something for Poe to do, and then a little bit later on, because he's still being disobedient and doing the wrong thing, he will have to pay for it. But now you have these characters still ultimately ending up in the same location. We're cutting out all the stupid parts. But now you have more time to show training and uh, training with Ray and Luke and Snoke and Kylo. You have some time to go into Snoke's backstory a little bit here. And you also have some more time where you can be have Finn and uh, Ray and po Finn, Poe and Rose sneaking around. There was a cutaway scene that got deleted where Finn's walking around and someone walks up and they're like, oh, Finn, wow, when did you get this promotion? Or FN2187, when did you get this promotion? You know, that's a somewhat humor that's fitting for Star Wars, kind of like in A New Hope where Han Solo tries to talk back to the uh, guy over the intercom when he asks what's going on when they're trying to break out Princess Leia. Like, it's humor, it's awkward, it's kind of cringy, and it's kind of funny because it's in the moment. And the way Finn's character has been played, it's a perfect person to do this for that they begin to, you know, they bump into each other. So you've got a lot of stuff that you can have going on to fill that 20-minute waste of a time of everything going on there. <clears throat> so then they're shipped off and they're sent in that way. And then uh, this also opens up a chance for, instead of a random droid seeing BB-8, you have Phasma, who believes she sees FN-2187. And she's going and trying to capture him and figure out whether or not that is him or not. Now again, you have Ray. She's using the lightsaber for the first time in training. Yes, she used it in Force Awakens, but she's actually training now and using the lightsaber. So this kind of montage of training to some extent. And so it's a really cool moment. And then she cuts the rock and it's got to fall down and hit the caretakers. Take that crap out of here. <clears throat> So then the next force bond, she's in a bad mood. She's storming off. Uh, all of these things have begun to happen. He's talked about, Luke's talked about how the Jedi have screwed up, that Luke screwed up and messed up for Kylo. And you're in this serious kind of tone of things going on here. And then that's when it goes to the next force bond, or actually the third force bond at this point, and Kylo's shirtless. Just so she can go, oh, why are you shirtless? Can you please put a shirt on? Like, it's just stupid. I mean, if it has to stay, it has to stay. It's not that big of a deal, but it's just, why? You know, Luke had just talked to Leia at this point. It's just so serious that to put something unnecessary, it just kind of puts a hiccup in your, what is the pacing of a serious moment of serious beats happening back to back to back. You're in the meat of the story. Keep us into that. Keep us flowing with that. Don't cut it for some stupid reason just because you want to show off Adam Driver without a shirt on. Yeah, you're the most popular meme right now on the internet. That's not a good thing. George R. Binks was a popular meme as well. That is a, It's not a positive thing. Then you have the big moment where... Luke comes in and he tries, he finds Ray and Kylo touching hands. Then he blows up the hut. When he blows up the hut, he begins to, uh, Hale and Ray start kind of battling back and forth. Luke falls back. She's holding the lightsaber and she asks for him to tell the truth. Now, this is one of the big issues that everyone had just huge trouble with. And this is where uh the the basic idea came from the guy that I mentioned that I posted down in the link below but I'm going to I think up it a good bit and change a lot of change a lot of stuff add a lot of stuff to I think fit and make as a whole a lot better he's he's taking down he's explaining we know that Kylo has seen Luke holding the lightsaber over him ready to kill him it doesn't make sense. Luke would never do that. Never, ever, ever. You know, the whole hashtag, not my Luke. Like, that's just, that's not Luke. Luke almost gave up his life to keep his father alive, who's much worse off at that point, much more evil than Kylo's ever been. Yet he believed that he could help him out. But yet with Kylo, who's training underneath him, he's like, nah, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to chop him down. Like, it's just stupid. So we've already seen that we know later on that Snoke is the one that's connecting Kylo and Rey. And we saw just prior in the scene right there that when he walked in, it looked like Kylo and Rey were in the room together. Like, actually, like Kylo was actually there, even though he wasn't. 
So Luke's going to say that a lot of his the people that were training under him at the Je- uh, Jedi Academy had started to fall to the dark side, and he started to worry about what's going on. He knew Snoke was manipulated because we know Leia knew that even as Kylo was in her womb, that Snoke was trying to manipulate him. So there's knowledge of Snoke's existence out there by some of the Force users. So it's completely reasonable to understand that Luke would know of him, if not know him a little bit more directly. So he says that he knew Snoke was, but he couldn't figure out what it was. And he said he heard some noises coming from Kylo's hut. So he began to walk into the hut. And when he opened the hut, he saw Snoke standing over Kylo's body, using some sort of force manipulation or holding his hands over Kylo's head, giving him these evil thoughts and dreams that he was creating inside of Kylo, very much how many people believe Emperor Palpatine was doing to Anakin in the uh, prequel trilogy to make him feel like Padme was going to die that began to lead him to the dark side. Somewhat similar thing there. I didn't realize it was similar until that point, but hey, people said let's you know make some things that are similar to the prequels and not ignore them, so there you go. So then because he sees Snoke and it looks completely real, Luke comes in, pulls out his lightsaber, and goes to attack Snoke. At this point, Snoke then vanishes, just like Kylo vanished when Luke blew up the thing. Kylo wakes up and sees Luke about to attack him with a lightsaber and then goes and tries to protect himself. So now Luke's not a bad guy that didn't have a moment of weakness that makes no sense. It makes complete sense that you just saw how real Kylo looked there and now you're hearing Luke's story and you're like, okay, now this makes sense. Now, for the next issue that many people had, as Ray says, like, well, why would you just leave him? I think Ray says, um, your biggest mistake was that you gave up on him and you thought that was the, that was his final decision. And that's when Luke will go, no, I didn't just give up on him. I went after him and I tried to find him. I tried to explain to him what happened. And so he said, but by the time I got to him, he had already given himself over to Snoke and Snoke had used his anger at that point to turn him against me. And every, when I found him and tried to explain his anger and hatred for me, just pushed him further and further to the dark side. And the only thing that I could do, because I knew there was light in him. I knew that there was some of the light from his grandfather and from his mother that I needed to get away and disappear where no one could find me so that the light would slowly creep back into him, which is why we see in Force Awakens that he starts to say, I'm starting to feel the pull back to the light. Because at this point, we know that Luke's kind of been gone for, you know, between five years or so, three, four years. And so now Luke's plan is ultimately working. And this is where we see, similar to Return of the Jedi, where Luke's the hero, not by fighting, but because he refuses to fight. He got angry. He began to attack uh, Darth Vader. They were in a duel. He cuts off Darth Vader's hand. He's about, he can strike him down. And the Emperor starts saying, good, good, you know, strike him down. Then he decides, no, I will not. I'm a Jedi. And he throws down the lightsaber. It's by not fighting that he saves his father's life that turns him back to the good. So in the same note here, Luke, by not trying any longer to go get Kylo because he tried once and saw it only made things worse, he goes and hides off. He gives up his life. He gives up his desire to try to become the greatest Jedi, to fix the world just so that his nephew has a chance to come back to the light. And then this is where we connect all three of the storylines. Actually, no, wait a second. I'll get to that in just a second. And then that's when Ray says, then I need to go to him. I've made a connection with him and I know that I can draw him back. And Luke's like, no, you can't do that because Snoke, like Snoke's way too powerful. You're not prepared or ready for that. And she's like, well, then come with me again, similar to how the movie goes. And he's like, I can't, if Kylo sees me, anything that any light in him will disappear with utter hatred, which we see at the end of the movie. So it makes sense that Luke doesn't go with her and it makes sense that she still leaves. Even though she's not angry with Luke, she's not disappointed with Luke, Luke's not a coward. It's understood that Luke's still somewhat of a hero. So his weird acting that a lot of people hated, it's still our Luke. It's still the same way, but you still have a similar storyline. So then Ray flies off. After Ray flies off, you still have the same moment where Luke goes to burn down the Jedi Temple. He's now realizing he's had another person leave that he's pretty sure Snoke's going to be able to manipulate, just like he manipulated all of his other students, which is why he didn't really want to train her. 
and he's confident that Snoke's going to turn her. So he's had Snoke, he's had Kylo, he's had some other students fail, and then we know what he talked about in the prequels about how the Jedi Order had all the power, and they failed. They trained up Anakin Skywalker, who became Darth Vader, and Emperor Palpatine took over. And so he's like, it's time to destroy all of the books. In this one, Rey's not a thief that's going to go steal the books to take them for herself. She just flew off. She just went off. And so he's going to burn it down. Yoda pops up. Yoda then says, uh, Yoda then burns down the temple or the tree. In the movie, after freaking out, which makes no sense because he wants to end it anyways. And then when it ends, he's like, those are the sacred texts. Um, but he says, so it is time for the Jedi to end. And Yoda says, and this is where we begin to connect all of the movies together and turn it back to what the Force was originally in the original trilogy, where he says, no, it's not time for the Jedi to end, but it's time for all the rules and regulations that we created over the millennia of peace that led us to being so focused and dogmatic on so many things that we then stopped focusing on the Force and connecting with it and being our truest selves. That was what got us to take over and defeat the Sith to begin with, and that's how you defeated the Sith yourself was you didn't have, you didn't grow up in the temple. You didn't have this training. You were just a, you know, wide-eyed kid that believed that he could win. You didn't understand that you didn't have the power, the abilities, all the talent and training to take on Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. But your blind-eyed, you know, just positivity, uh, connecting with the Force and just flowing with it because Luke went and faded to the dark side a little bit and used some anger to be able to defeat Vader, which if he was a part of the Jedi Temple, he wouldn't have, they would have kicked him out. They would have had the same issues that they have with Anakin, same way that he would have never been trained because they said Anakin was too old to be trained there. He was like nine and Luke was 19 at that point that he started getting trained. Well, actually he was 22 because he was 19 when he was with Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan only did a little bit of training. And then I believe three years passed between um, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, or maybe it was only two years. Either way, he's twice the age of Anakin. And so then he, he explains that that's the issue, that we don't need these texts that give us rules and regulations. We need to be taught to feel and understand the Force, to become our truest self, to f connect with the Force and not try to follow these dogmatic rules. And he says, Ray is the same as how you were with me. And he goes, that's when he goes into the failure speech where he says, failure is the greatest teacher. And he goes, you failed because I failed you. I didn't learn from my failure. I trained Anakin and we, I failed Anakin because the reason Anakin turned was because of the, all these rules of the Jedi order. When they first meet a nine year old, he's worried about his mom. And they say, this is a problem. Well, of course he's worried about his mom. His mom's a slave on a random planet. He may never see her again. Of course he's worried about her. It's stupid that that's the case. And then Yoda begins to say, this, I should have known that. I should have realized this is what turned him. He came to Yoda saying that he was fearing after about these dreams and worrying. And Yoda says, you should get rid of all your worry. It's stupid. And Yoda understands that. And he says, I trained you the way that I should have trained Anakin, but I didn't teach you about my failures. And because I didn't teach you about my failures, even though you were trained the right way and you defeated Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader, two of the greatest Siths of all time, because of your lack of the laws and rules and regulations, immediately afterwards you went and tried to find all these books and stuff so that you were learned up and you were taught in what you thought was the right way to go. But now it's time to burn those down and end those and just get back to this faith and hope part of where we don't care about metachlorines, we don't care about your all these other things, but it's simply about your connection and your abilities that the force that depending on how well you can connect to the force, and it makes it back to how it was before, where anyone can have it, and it just can start rising up whenever it's needed, <clears throat> which then again connects back to the force awakening and coming up. And so he says, I failed you and then you failed Kylo because I didn't teach you about my failure. You need to learn from that failure and you need to do what I failed to do with you with Ray. You need to go after her and you need to find her and you need to train her in the way that is right and not and make sure that she doesn't go like you did and try to find these books and we just repeat this circle again. It's time to learn from our failures. I failed you you cannot fail her. You need to save the Jedi Order. So then again, boom, great. 
fanboys are happy. Um, Luke then says, I can't go after her. Kylo will, you know, Kylo will never go. And Yoda says, don't fail as I did. You went to Empire Strike, uh, you went to go fight Vader and I stayed back. You don't need to do the same thing. You need to go and find her. And this is when Luke goes. We saw a shot before where the X-Wings were down in the ocean. And because this is connecting back to where Yoda's talking about him training Luke, before Luke was trying to lift the X-Wing out of the swamp and couldn't do it, now he's going to lift the X-Wing completely out of the ocean. It'll be an incredible shot. And it'll just show the power levels that have changed during this time. Then we go back to Rey's landing onto the supremacy, being taken by Kylo to go meet Snoke. And also, right as she's being met with Snoke, Phasma figures out and finds Finn, Poe, and Rose, and they get into this fight. So you have the fight that happens later, now happens a little bit earlier. And in this, while it's going on, they begin to fight Phasma and Finn. Finn ends up getting knocked unconscious. While he's knocked unconscious, Poe gets his arm cut off. Now, Star Wars used to cut off everyone's arm. It didn't do it in the last episode. I don't believe it did it in this one, unless I'm forgetting someone, which I don't think I am. That was always a thing that happened. And so Poe needs to pay for his disobedience, and he needs to learn to become a better leader. It's the thing Leia's been trying to teach him, and that as she said, get your head out of the cockpit kind of thing. Well, he's the one of the issues as well is in the movie. It's very much like the Anakin Skywalker issues in the Phantom Menace where there's so many levels that like, you know, he's got the highest midichlorian count. He's the only human that's been able to fight in a pod racer. He's the chosen one. He's uh, got the immaculate reception, you know, conception. All these different things. And it's like, okay, well, I'll never worry about this character ever dying, even though you should, you know, you know he becomes Darth Vader you should still be drawn so much into the movie that you should be able to fear, but you've told me there's no fear because he's got all these, you know, powers. He's like Superman. Superman's boring in a movie because there's no way to defeat him. It's just, it's stupid. It's like, you know, unless you add in Kryptonite just so you can be able to defeat him, it's just, it's dumb. An overpowered person is not interesting. So then he's, uh, but you had that at the beginning of the movie with Poe on the fighter pilot where he takes on a dreadnought and takes on a whole fleet of TIE fighters. Well, now his arm's cut off and it's very much a moment and I won't spoil too much depending on people seeing this, but it's like a character in Game of Thrones. If you've seen Game of Thrones, you understand. It's one of those moments where now he's got to start to make some decisions about his life. He's got to see outside or past just being the greatest fighter pilot. He may still be able to fly because he can get a... Uh, arm put on just like Luke got a hand but it's not going to be the same he's going to have to relearn so now the next time he's flying you begin to question or worry maybe something can happen there's some struggles that can go on with that that he has to learn and move on and improve as a character from that point and then also he has to truly he has a has to fully remember for the rest of his life the moment the choice the decision to ignore the advice of his superiors and go off and try to do something different. So then the Snoke, Kylo, and Ray thing. Again, I think Snoke shouldn't have died. I think it's dumb, but I'm trying to keep it similar to the story. Um, if you end up liking how this has gone so far and how it goes later, some comments down below. I might do um, what if Snoke had survived video uh, for my ideas of how to keep Snoke alive and what could happen in episode nine, but I'm gonna keep it the same way. The difference is, is I'm going to keep it hidden. Most people never expected Snoke to die because it's stupid. You just killed off a character for no reason that had a lot of mystery behind him, was very popular, or at least there was a lot of intrigue behind the character. And you did it, and you didn't even make it a shocking moment. It, it was, you show what was happening the whole time. The whole time you're showing Kylo moving his hand on the Force, and then you show the lightsaber turning with him. There's no shock. You're like, are you really about to do this? Like, don't, don't do this. Instead, you show Kylo. You have Snoke giving his speech. You have Ray in front of him that's done the, you know, Ben. And then Snoke starts doing his speech about, you think you can turn him? No one can turn him. I can see into his mind. And you cut between Snoke's speech, where he's just grimacing, sarcastic, to Kylo, 
where he's being very stern and looking at Ray because he's tricking Snoke into thinking that he's angry at Ray and is going to strike Ray down. So you cut between face shots and then shots of Kylo's hand turning, like when it says his lightsaber's turning, and you see the fear of Ray. Daisy really, I believe, is a pretty good actor, and she can put on the tears at least for sure, and she can then start showing her terror of this happening, her begging, saying, Ben, no, Ben, no. And then as it's beginning to cut, and he goes, and then the lightsaber turns on, and you cut to Ray's face, and you hear the light, uh, the lightsaber ignite, and she screams. And then the camera pans back to then show that it was actually the lightsaber next to Snoke that then went right through him. Now it's a shocking moment. It's a, oh my God, what just happened? You, you're not going to fully understand it when it happens. That's when all the Star Wars YouTubers that exist go, start explaining like, oh, well, this is how this, and then it's understood. You watch it a couple times. It's, it's better storytelling. It's better movie making. It's making it a shock moment. Then that's when the lightsaber flies by and you have the great little battle scene between the Praetorian guards that pretty much everyone loved in that, even if you hated the movie. Now, between this, it's interspersed with Phasma talking in the actual movie between Finn and Rose. Now, this is largely stupid. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those where the bad guys got the good guy and they just talk. So I've kind of got it. I got to do somewhat similar to an extent because I'm trying to play within the lines. But the difference is, is it's Poe and Rose and Finn's still unconscious. And... Phasma sits him down and Poe in his typical way wants to talk and you know he's angry now after losing his arm he thinks you know he's trying a last ditch effort and he's like you'll never get away we will hunt you down we will kill you just like we destroyed the empire and Phasma just starts laughing and she's like really you you think that's what y'all did you think you had any control and he's like you know we almost shut down the tracking device you and she goes we never had a tracking device that, that was never the case. We never, it never worked. And they're just like, well, what? And he goes, we've had a traitor in your midst the entire time. And she kind of looks down at Finn and they're just like, no, he rescued me. He saved me. And she's like, yeah, you think that we would have ever allowed a prisoner to escape from our prison and get away clean and clear? Of course we planted him. He took you out. And we allowed y'all to escape so that you would trust to bring him back to the resistance base so that we could find you because we couldn't find the resistance base. And she goes, and then how do you think that he was able to get you on Starkiller base? How do you think he was able to find his way to us? And I let down the shields. The only reason I let down the shields is because it was part of the plan. He goes, why would we create the same thing that happened uh, with the Empire before and failed? He says, we're better than the Empire ever was. And so this is kind of trying to fill up some of the plot holes that happen or issues with The Force Awakens as well. She goes, it was simply a test from Snoke. Snoke wanted to be able to find out if Kylo would kill Han Solo. Everyone else in the galaxy would fear this massive base that could destroy planets. But his father, Han Solo, had destroyed two Death Stars. He, she knew, uh, Snoke knew that the second that something like this was happening and Kylo Ren has been seen as Ben Solo and Princess Leia is in need of help, that her husband's going to come running. That he loves her and he loves Ben and he will come and he won't fear trying to get there. And we'll have someone that will be able to allow to get him inside of the base that can allow Kylo and them to meet so that Snoke can give the final testing. She said, all we wanted to do was a, we built the whole thing simply to, we could destroy the entire Republic, but that was all we needed was to destroy the Republic, create fear across the galaxy so everyone knows who we are and that we have control, and then for Snoke to test Kylo Ren. And then while y'all are trying to attack Starkiller Base, that gave us more time to pull the rest of our fleet from further out in the unknown regions to then be able to come and attack Dakar, where we knew where you were because we had a traitor in Finn that was down there telling us all the information. And at this point, with all of the things rolling in, the and she goes, and that's how when y'all jumped to hyperspace, y'all jumped to another location, we knew exactly where you were, and we got there. At this point, they're just devastated, completely crushed. She says, take Finn away and go put take him to his quarters. He'll be promoted uh, when he wakes back up. And so now you've had the twist of Snoke, 
where it wasn't revealed that it's coming. You have this huge twist of, oh my God, Finn was a traitor giving the information away this entire time. You have Poe's arm cut off. <clears throat> you have all of these terrible things happening. And as this is happening, Kylo and Rey's defeated. It cuts back or defeats them. Then you have the moment where Kylo begins to offer Rey to come and join him. You don't have the stupid part at the beginning for whatever reason where he like screams at her. You have him explaining who her parents are and that they've never had anybody. That she has her family discard her. He had his family discard him. They've never had anyone in this world. He had Snoke and he killed him for her because he knew that it was him and her together was the only thing that ever needed to happen. And that he's telling her that the First Order was evil because Snoke was evil. But us together, we can rule it much better. It's very similar. Again, it's hearkening back to the Anakin and Padme type stuff. The difference is, is now as it's it's mimicking, but it's making it better as we go forward, is instead of just to a random marriage between a powerful Force user and you know a senator, now you have two powerful Force users. I had two options here of what to do. I wasn't sure, and I decided I'll let y'all, I'll tell you both, and comment down below and tell me what you think is the best option, because I, I think both could work out pretty well, but it can kind of change how episode nine plays itself out. Um, and so I'd actually be interested to know what the fans would be, would want to see most. So the first one is, he says all this, he puts his hand out, and Ray realizes, you know, yeah, I thought Kylo was a monster, but we built all this time where she now connects with Kylo. She understands Kylo. She understands that his anger that he has is similar to some of her anger she has. His is just more on the dark side, and hers is kind of only small amounts popping out. Luke, she she didn't connect with Luke. She still thinks Luke's never going to train her, and she doesn't know Luke's coming to save her or coming to join her. And so she ultimately reaches out and goes to grab his hand as well. The second choice is, is she refuses. And she says, no, I won't join you. I'm going to join the resistance. And he's like, I can't have that. The resistance has taken everything from me. The resistance had my mother. Uh, she was so focused with the resistance, I was never able to have a mother. And they're not going to have you. And that's when he lifts her up and freezes her like he's done before. And he begins to go and get into her mind. And she's like, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm sorry, I have to do this. You don't understand yet, but we need to join forces together. I've got to wipe your mind. I've got to cause it to where you are going to join with me. You won't remember this happened. And she's screaming, no, you can't do that. And he's like, I'm sorry, uh, this has to happen. <clears throat> and as he moves closer, or whatever, that's when, just like on Tokodana and The Force Awakens, she kind of collapses and falls into his arm. At the point of the, either those two times when she's reaching out the hand or she collapses into his arm, <clears throat> and as well as right after Poe and Rose have been explained that Finn is a traitor, then that's when the ships are being gone on to crate. But it's Admiral Akbar, not Admiral Holdo, that's going to be taking the Raddus. Now, I've heard some people say that it should be Princess Leia. I agree, that would be the greatest thing ever. The problem is, is I'm trying to be as fair to Ryan as possible, and the filming was done when she died. So, like, I have to think as if I'm Ryan in the situation, and I can't make that happen. The plan was to have Princess Leia be the main character in Episode Nine, and so I've got to stick with that. So, because of that, it's going to be Admiral Ackbar, and we're all even going to connect it to Rogue One a little bit, very small amount. But Admiral uh, uh, Holdo is going to offer to take it. And Akbar is going to go, no, I cannot allow that. He goes, that's a Mon Calamari ship. It's named after Radis, who was a great hero of our people. He gave at one point, uh, he gave his life over the Battle of Scarif to allow a princess to flee on a small vessel that ended up starting a rebellion. And I need to be the same one, just as him, flying his ship to save the rebellion, to allow one princess to fly off to give hope to the galaxy one more chance. It's my honor and it's my duty to do this. So now you're making, it's connecting to a movie that you had prior. You named the Raddus after him, so it makes sense. You're giving Admiral Akbar a very important special moment that 
matters and a great send-off that everyone can be happy with. And then also because Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher dies, now you have another strong female character that you haven't made look as much like a you-know-what for how she treated Poe. Now it's understandable. Now Poe truly looks like a douchebag because there's a lot of people that think you made Poe look like a douchebag for no reason. Now it's like, okay, it's logical. And then because Poe struggled so much, now you have this where Poe's not in the lead of the resistance. It's Admiral Holdo. So she takes over for her close friend, if you've read the books, Princess Leia, and Poe is underneath her. And she then, she, like, you take that relationship and you build it to where she teaches him how to be the leader that he never could fully learn from Princess Leia. It took her losing Leia. And it can be in episode nine where you have to do something where Princess Leia's died. And he's struggling with that and it's Holdo that's helping him to get over it and helping him to learn, look at these mistakes you made. You learn from these mistakes. It's, you know, sometimes you have to not fight to be able to win the day. You can then touch back with what happened with Luke Skywalker. Obviously, Poe has a connection with all of them. His mother flew with Luke Skywalker. That's from the comics. And so he, he knows all of those stories. He knows Luke very well. Obviously, he was very close to Princess Leia. And she can bring up, like, Luke defeated the Sith and the Empire by deciding not to fight. Sometimes you have to make those decisions. And so you have all of that set up for Episode Nine. Really great stuff. <clears throat> so then, of course, Akbar turns the ship around and flies it through. Now, this would be, again, I think, an ultimate ending where he flies through. You have the great shot and you have these you have a cliffhanger of what ha what happens with Ray did she accept? Well, if she accepted, it's like, well, what's going to happen now? Or if it was the mind thing, did it work? You don't know. And you don't have to do what they did with Force Awakens where the cliffhanger has to happen right there. It can jump five years later and you find out, you know, oh, Kylo has been training Ray and they've been working together for, you know, as a team for the last five years. And they've built up this empire in the, with the last Jedi or empire with the first order. Or whatever. So it doesn't have to follow immediately afterwards. It can jump forward still, but you left with this cliffhanger. But, again, because we're following the movie, we then go down to Crate. But I don't want you to know what happens with Ray. So one of two things happens. When they fly down, it's just Kylo. You don't see Ray. You're going to be wondering what in the world happened to Ray. And one of two things happens. Either the mind wipe thing that then she collapses, she's not recovered from. And she's still on board the supremacy. Or two... The wreck happened, the ship flew through, and she was injured, and she's recovering in a back to tank. Now, from this injury, from the ship flying through, there's no more battle between the First Order for them to get away because they already had the battle before they were captured. <clears throat> uh, Poe and Rose get on a ship and fly to Crate. This is where Phasma is still alive because she doesn't have a stupid fight that she then dies because Ex Machina just just stupid stuff. Um, so she's still alive. She's still got her going forward. That's the way they know where Crate is, that they follow Poe and Rose down there. When they get down there, the battle itself kind of happens very similarly, except for the moment where Rose is trying to get fly out there on the little ship and the Millennium Falcon scoops in and rescues her. In this one, it's going to be Luke with the X-Wing. So Luke with the X-Wing is going to be all the moments with the Millennium Falcon. And so he's flying through, and when it goes through the little tunnels and stuff, that's when it's going to cut, and you're going to have, um, a little bit later, Luke's going to walk in, and it's going to make sense that Luke's walk walking in, because you've seen Luke is on crate flying around. He's going to come in, and he's going to talk to Leia, so you have that moment with Leia, and he's going to say, uh, because before, they say there's no way out. And then at the end, all of a sudden, there's just a way out. Luke's going to say, I destroyed the back of the cave. I blew up, blew it up with the bombs from the X-Wing. You have a way out. You need to go gather the people and go out there. Chewbacca's back there with the Millennium Falcon as well. And y'all need to fly to safety. And she's like, well, aren't you coming with us? And he's like, no, I can't. I need to create a distraction. I need to take these on. And they have a speech with Kylo. Everything happens the same way. So they lead out there. 
and they're trying to get away. They're looking at kind of what's happening. <clears throat> Same way as in the movie. Everything itself, or Luke doesn't do the stupid brush his shoulders crap off. And so he goes, Kylo comes down, and they have the same argument. And Luke goes, you need to let go of your hate. I didn't do this. It's like, I know that you know inside of you that you were being manipulated by Snoke all of this time. You have to believe me. I would not do this. And he goes, it's too late for that. I've taken your last trainee. I took your trainees before and created the Knights of Ren, and now I've taken Rey as well. She's with me. The resistance is dying. We're going to finish this all. It's all over. And then, so then they fight or whatever. And Luke says, I will not give up on her. I didn't, uh, I gave up on you. I should have kept going. No, instead of saying I gave up on you, he goes, I did what I thought was best for you, but I will never give up on her. I believe it. I know she's going to turn back to light. I know she's the hope of the galaxy or whatever. Something along those lines. And that's when Luke, uh, Kylo goes and cuts through him in half. And then you're like, oh my, you know, you've seen the movie now, so you know what, the scenario is but in my scenario Luke just doesn't appear out of nowhere instead you've seen the ship flying around so it makes it even seem more likely that Luke's actually there but she goes to cut through Luke and then you see Luke just standing there and that's when Leia comes out of the back of the cave and she sees Luke in front of the X-Wing just meditating and you're just like oh my what in the world and then Luke goes I'm sorry Kylo you failed You've lost. Hope exists. You can't defeat hope. And then that's when Luke, uh, Kylo stabs through him or whatever. And then the it disappears and Luke collapses down into Leia's arm. And Leia's like, okay, come on. We got to go. We got to go. And Poe flies off in the X-Wing. Uh, Leia pulls with some help, pulls Luke up onto the Millennium Falcon. And he's able to survive it this time because he's not trying to transfer, you know, put his... Uh, self all the way across the galaxy it's a very small area so he's able to survive it so he's still there and they end up flying up so kylo looks and sees the millennium falcon and luke's x-wing go up into the sky and shoot off into hyperspace and that's the end of the movie i think that that just sets it up i mean so much better luke's not the terrible person you still follow the storyline very similarly as much as possible Things I will mention quickly because I know some comments that are probably happening. How can you make Finn be a traitor? So this is actually one of the things that I kind of played out a lot further, I think. But this is another thing that that guy kind of had a little bit of an idea on. That what it is, is that he's a traitor, but he doesn't know that he's a traitor. He's actually a great guy. And it's this twist that is retwisted in episode 9 where you watch episode 7. Now for the next two years... You watch episode seven, you see Finn in a different way. Then after episode nine, you then see him back in a whole nother way again. It's brilliant storytelling where he is actually, because they're all taken as a child, he had a tracking beacon inserted somewhere in his body that he doesn't know about. The First Order doesn't want anybody to escape. They rule by fear and they want everybody to just obey everything they say, no matter what, all the time. And so he ultimately has this inserted into the base of his neck or wherever and so that's how they're following that's how they found a car that's how they were be able to hop from location to location was because they were following his tracking beacon so phasma was just kind of using it to manipulate poe and them to make them feel terrible and think finn is a traitor and this is where it begins in episode nine some of the first steps of turning back ray either she's been mind white and she's she's training with kylo and then she ends up having to find that Finn is in a prison and he's being being tortured, starved, all this stuff. And it's somewhat uh, similar to how Han was kept off away from everybody else. <clears throat> and either she finds him and he begins to try to connect with her and that's what makes her begin to remember who she was. Or she started to lean a little bit towards the dark side after training with Kylo. And she begins to see, wait a minute. The First Order still as evil as it was before. Kylo's been hiding some of the stuff that's been happening at this point from her to make her think that they're doing better. They're not as bad as they were before. But then she finds Finn and that begins to move her back. And then you can ultimately come up with something at the end of Episode 9 that Luke does something that either brings both of them back. I don't know, depending on if you want to have that, you know, Raylo thing, which I think ultimately could fit for the story just because it's Anakin was the chosen one. And 
but he didn't really bring balance to an extent. Maybe you could say he brought balance because he cut out him out of the Jedi Order. And then it was Luke was a chosen one, but then we have another issue. And then that could be the whole thing was bringing balance to the Force. Well, Kylo and Rey are the perfect balance. He's dark with some light. She's light with some dark. So them coming together is the perfect yin and yang balance. So it'd be a kind of a nice little overarching story that could happen there. But anyways, those are my ultimate story ideas, thoughts on what it is. I'm sure this is a pretty long video, so I'll make the closing up pretty short. If you got any other ideas, adjustments to my storyline, um, please comment them down below. I'd love to hear your thoughts, talk to you about all of those. Also look forward to finding out which of the two choices that y'all like best. I, I like them both. Um, I, you know, it depends. I think it depends on how you want episode nine to go. And uh, so look forward to looking at those. If uh, you had watched this and you enjoyed this, maybe you'll like my rant that I did on The Last Jedi. Granted, I did not like The Last Jedi, so expect it to not be positive things. And it's a very long rant, but if you enjoyed this, maybe you'll enjoy that. I'll also post a link to the playlist that I'm doing for Star Wars Rebels. It's coming out in a few weeks now, the final half of the series. And so I'm doing all the Easter eggs and facts, just kind of inf different information on each episode going forward. And here I'm doing a story from the very beginning of canon leading all the way up until when episode 9 comes out following in order everything that happens in canon series i'm calling the journal uh, journey of the wills and so you can click on any of those playlists to be able to watch those also in the link down below uh, i'll post a link to my t public page we can pick up this um if you didn't like the last jedi as i didn't I have shirts the fire ryan johnson shirts or the star wars the last ryan johnson film and then i also have just regular things like that if you enjoyed this and you like some of the designs and pick them up, they'll be absolutely incredible. Um, thank you very much for that. And even if you didn't, thank you very much for watching this and taking the time. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I love Star Wars and I just, you know, I didn't like it, so I wanted to make this better. I hope even if you liked Last Jedi, you still love this story. But anyways, thank you very much for watching and never forget you nerf herders. I love you.